everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Bree. And I'm Alex. And this is the Damn Strong Podcast. Mm-hmm. Alex and I were just talking about some um, TV shows TV, we've been watching. Yeah, TV shows we've been watching. And we figured we would start recording. So if anyone needs recommendations, you guys can get some racks. Yeah, so what, what show are you about to talk about? Okay. So Dave, with Lil Dicky's show, Dave, mm-hmm. this is not a spoiler, um, but season three was really, really good. I thought it was on par with season one. I thought season two dipped a little bit. Season one, season three, banger content. And there's this song in it about Rachel McAdams. <laughs> I'm going to play it really quick. I don't know how it'll come through. So if it doesn't sound good, sorry, we're going to cut this out. Okay. But here we go. Just wait for the chorus. Hold on. Okay. I'm going to. I'm going to fast forward a little bit. So he's basically proposing to Rachel McAdams in a song? Yes, it is. <laughs> I mean, it is the most ludicrous episode of TV I've maybe ever seen. Really? It's um, It's so good. You have to watch it. It's like later in the season, though. So if anyone doesn't know, Alex is talking about what is his, what's the show called? I forgot. Dave. It's called Dave. Dave. Yeah. Um, on, if you know who Lil Dicky is, he's a a rapper. And if you're not, yeah. it's definitely a Actor. crude. I mean, he's, yeah, he's yeah, very crude. Very crude. Very crude. So if you're not of, um into shows like that. Sex jokes and you know yeah. stuff. You don't like recommend? That. Yeah. Um, but he is just a really funny guy in general. Yeah. Um, so yeah. But I was telling Oh, okay. yeah, 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 go ahead. No, no, about Jack Ryan. Oh, I was going to say, I was, I was telling Alex to watch Jack Ryan, which is the show with, uh, if you've ever seen The Office, the main guy in it's Jim Halpert or John, John Krasinski. Krasinski. Yeah. <clears throat> Fantastic. Um, there was another show that we watched too recently. Jack just... Reacher. Have you seen Jack Reacher? I actually, until right now, didn't know those were two different things. Yeah, they're two different Aren't things. Aren't they so, both like spy, like they're military very man? Similar. Very similar. Huh. So they're both kind of like spy CIA stuff where they're yeah. solving some overall arching world ending thing. Yeah. The only thing about Jack Reacher is the acting's not like the greatest, but the storyline and like you're trying to figure things out as the show's going on and you're like, I wouldn't have caught that or there's a twist. That one's really, really good too. Just be prepared for the acting not to be as good as Jack Reacher, but they're both really, really good. Are they different enough that you would really recommend both yes. watching both? Yes, because the storylines are different enough. Like your Jack Reacher starts, and this is not spoiling anything. He's passing through like a, t- a very small town, and basically he gets in this town and like ends up getting wound up, like tied up into this situations going on this really small town, and ends up being you know something obviously much bigger. Um, and then Jack Reacher is like international you know, they're traveling to different countries and all this kind of stuff. So it's different enough. Mm. And also the stories are written different enough that you're like, oh my gosh, didn't see that coming. And it's just really good. I recommend the, both uh, for sure. There were a few shows that just recently wrapped up that we we just finished. Uh, one was Barry on HBO. If you haven't seen it, highly uh-huh. recommend. Okay. It's about a serial. No, 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 no. Not a serial killer. It is about a, um, a hitman, a former okay. military hitman. Okay. That uh, discovered his passion and love for acting. I'm dead serious. It is wow. so funny. Okay. It's so, and it's like dramatic too, but it's so yeah. funny. Um, shoot, we just finished up another one. Dave. Oh, and then Ted Lasso. Oh, um, I love Ted Lasso. 
did you, Ted did Lasso. You, are you caught up? We've been watching the, no, we don't have Apple TV. We did have it like through my mom. My mom gave us like a trial. And during yeah. that trial period, we watched it. And we haven't watched the most recent season. We honestly need to bite the bullet and get Apple TV so yeah. we can watch I, it. This is always spoiler free. Anytime we're talking about shows or anything like that, it's spoiler yeah. free. Um, but yeah, great season. Yep. That's all I'm going to say about it. Yeah. Ted Lasso. Oh, I love Ted Lasso. It's a good one. It, we, uh, I have a, one of my best friends, her husband is like, her husband is like, so Ted Lasso, like his, his demeanor, his character, what he says, he's very dad jokey, which is mm. kind of how Ted Lasso is. Mm-hmm. And so for Halloween, which we ended up getting to do this for Halloween, he was going to be Ted Lasso and his wife, which is my best friend, was going to be a soccer ball. It was going to be so perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good Halloween costume. It's like I a soccer those, ball like, and Ted yeah, Lasso. I love those lowbrow jokes where it's like one person dresses up as like, like SpongeBob and then the other person just dresses up as like a pineapple, you know, or something yes, like that. Yes. Yeah, natural. exactly. Or, or like the, cho- like the chocolate guy from from SpongeBob too. Remember, yes. They're like chocolate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like the worm looking dude. Is that the one you're talking about? Who's like in the or the crazy person? The, the crazy. Or person. the crazy. You could be in the wheelchair and be the crazy lady too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or the one, the one that's like, oh brother, every single time in like every episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's like such small characters. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. The guy who screams my leg in SpongeBob. Yeah, my leg. <laughs> exactly. No, so good. But all that's right, all well, the you shows. Get into it? Yeah, let's just get into it. I don't have any more shows to talk about anyway. So uh, I'm, I'm going to go see Spider-Man this week, the new Spider-Man. But yeah, that's Oh, the, the multiverse one? Yeah. We I'm actually, excited. oh, we saw Fast. Okay, last thing, then we'll get into the episode. We saw Fast 10 yesterday, the no, new dude, Fast and Furious movie. Was it good? Yeah, it was, it was good. However, here's the asterisk. It's a three-part movie. What this is mean? part one of Fast 10. What? Yeah, I had no idea. Literally, Sage and I are walking in the movie. He goes, just so you know, this is a two-part movie. I go, what? And then at the end of the movie, he, we Google it. And he goes, oh, wait, no, I, I misspoke. It's a three-part movie. So Fast 10, the final movie is going to be broken into three separate movies. Of all franchises to do this, did not need of this. course, this Fat, didn't, Fast and Yes, Fast of course they did, but they did not need to do this. No, they didn't. Enough but it was good. Enough. It was good. They definitely toned down. You know, like a few... Um, the movies they like went overboard with like some of the theatrics of stuff it was just way Dom Toretto has stomped a parking garage and made the floor collapse like <laughs> they definitely oh. toned it down a bunch um it was good though it was it was really good I Sage loves the Fast and F- those are probably his favorite movies of all time like when Paul Walker passed away he yes. cried like yeah. he loves those movies like Tokyo Drift holds a special place in my heart oh Sage is sitting next to me he's like Yes. <laughs> Tokyo Drift has, was like my childhood. Like I, I watched that so movie good. so many times. So yeah, and I played I like recommend... all the Need for Speed games and like wanted oh, to design yeah, my Need cars all crazy, so you know? Too. Yeah, so fun. Yeah, so it was good. Um, Definitely your typical like Fast and Furious movie. They toned it down a little bit, which is good, but it's going to be, it's a three-part thing, which I'm just like, of course, Fast and Furious has already pushed out 10 movies. They're going to make sure they get three movies out of this last movie, basically. Yeah. So it was good though. Do you, do you want to share the news about that you got the, the good news that you got on the. Uh, I knew you were going to ask me that. Yeah, you want to? Or I don't no? know. No, I'll probably you wait. Should. On it's that. your good. It's your good news. You should. I know. Yeah, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. All right, one more milestone that I'll celebrate. Then, um, congratulations to you. You passed ten thousand views 
Uh, well, I mean, to both of us too. I know I initially started you, this podcast on my you own. You built this thing. You built this thing, and, and you deserve you. a whole lot of credit for that. I came in when it, when it was at I don't know, like seven thousand, eight thousand already. Just off so. my coattails, you know. Exactly. Fine, yeah. I just I just begged for a spot. I said, please, <laughs> I can't make my own. Please, I need to hop in with you. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah it's so pretty cool to see that ten thousand streams, and awesome. can't wait till we hit twenty, and then a hundred thousand, and it'll just keep going. So yeah, then a million, two million, and then we'll call it a twenty twenty three, and move on to twenty twenty four. There we go. There you go. If we Love get a it. million podcast views by end of year, there's no way. But I, I mean, take actually, a okay, there's with no hundred dollar bills. And <laughs> anything's <laughs> possible, but like, I mean, we only got like six months at this point, so that'd be that'd be a tough turnaround. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, anyways, the topic we're talking about today is my is my metabolism broken? We're basically going to just address all of the common, I guess, things we hear, things people talk about. Of you know, I can't lose weight because my metabolism is broken, or it's not prop- properly functioning. However, you want to phrase it. I think you, I, I know I do. I think you probably do as well. Get a handful of DMs where people are saying like, my metabolism's broken. It's because I'm not eating enough. And therefore my metabolism's broken. It's because I dieted for a long time. It's broken. All of these things you're saying a reason that my metabolism is broken and it's not functioning correctly. And therefore I can't lose weight. Yeah. So we're going to dive into to that topic. Is there anything yeah. you want to kind of add to that before we... Start? No, I get, I get these DMs a lot. Um, same as you, you know, and it's like, for some reason, you know, they feel that the system and the system being their body is rigged against them. And yeah. so it's like an uphill battle. And, and I'm gonna, you know, let's, let's be clear and like add a disclaimer, like fat loss and muscle gain will absolutely be harder for some people and easier for other people. That's yeah. just the way it works. It's just the reality of it. It doesn't mean it's impossible. It does mean it's harder you got to play the cards you're dealt, you know, the hand yeah. you're dealt, whatever the phrase is like yeah. sitting there and complaining about it does nothing. Yeah. It doesn't change the situation of what you're in. Yeah. So hundred yeah. percent. Um, so I first wanted to define, I guess what t- people typically mean by when they say that is kind of my first point that I put on here is, and I just mm-hmm. wrote down usually that you have some sort of issue that despite eating in a calorie deficit, you can't lose weight because your metabolism is not functioning properly. So basically what I said all the prior to this, it's, it's not, when you're in a surplus, it's not when you're in maintenance, it's typically people are trying to lose body fat and they're unsuccessful and they think, okay, there might be this reason or that reason or this reason or whatever, because I've been in a quote unquote deficit that I cannot lose weight. I think the technical definition for metabolism, isn't it like the sum of all life's processes or something like that? Uh, Good question. Why don't you, uh, are you Googling at the moment? Yeah, I'm going to Google that. And the chemical processes that occur within a living organism in order to maintain life. So yeah, relatively close. Um, yeah. So you're basically, but, if you're saying my metabolism is not functioning properly, you're saying the chemical reactions that require me to maintain life is not functioning properly. Yeah. I guess is and, what you could say. And I feel like we should distill down like what a metabolism is. When I was younger, I legitimately thought that like my metabolism was like borderline a train engine that I could fill with coal, you know, kind of like stoke it a little bit. And yeah. It's like bigger fire going and it would just like magically burn more calories. And I was yeah. always told because I was very thin, I didn't eat much and I played soccer like, you know, year round. 
Right. I was always told you have a fast metabolism. So weight loss is very easy for you and weight gain is very hard for you. But mm -hmm. that like di really distorted the image in my brain of like what actually was going on. What was actually going on is I had severe food allergies, so I would not eat as much as other people. And then right. the other hand, part of that is I was moving constantly. Right. I'm somebody who paces around a lot anyway, but with soccer, you know, I'm playing like two, three hours every day, five times yeah. a week for in a you know, year round from the age of like three to like 21 years old, 22 years old, I, I'm going to be burning a lot of calories and I'm not eating much. Yeah. It's do not you that my yeah. Yeah. Do, I would say, do you want to dive in a little bit on the whole like fast versus slow metabolism? Because I, I do feel like those terms are very misleading. I think first we should talk about what is metabolism outside of just the definition. So the way yeah. that I would like, and correct me if I'm missing any gaps or anything, yeah. or if you have a different viewpoint, but I would, I would, you know, the, it is your energy expenditure. That is a better way of looking at it rather than metabolism. Cause it's kind of like this nebulous term to a degree. So it's like a scientific term that people throw around. It's like a magic you know, word that they could yeah. just put their blames on. It's my metabolism, you know, yeah. but really it's your energy expenditure, at least as how I see it. And with that, you know, there's four parts and I think, I don't know if we have to go into these, I guess I'll do it briefly. Your basal yeah. metabolic rate, your, uh, the thermic effect of food. Um, I basal metabolic rate is the calories needed. If you were like laying in a bed, just to keep you alive. So if you yeah. were not moving that much, usually yeah. it's around the neighborhood of like 1000 to like 1300 could be higher, could be lower, but somewhere right. around that ballpark thermic effect of food. Um, that is the calories needed to process, digest, use food that you, uh, eat, uh, food and drink. Um, then there is the, the other two are exercise activity, thermogenesis, the calories you burn from dedicated exercise. And then there's non exercise. Uh, oh yeah. Sorry. Go ahead non-exercise activity thermogenesis, which is the calories you burn that aren't planned or dedicated exercise, so like me moving my hands around, walking around the grocery store, you know, going for a daily walk. That could be like kind of a gray area because like, is that dedicated exercise? Is it not? Yeah. But it doesn't yeah. really matter. NEAT, N-E-A-T, non-exercise activity thermogenesis is the biggest change in people who are sedentary. This could be 50 calories and people who are highly active, this could be like 800 plus. <laughs> yeah. Calories. But like, yeah, this is going to drastically change. And I think one of the easiest ways to impact or like stoke your metabolism, increase your metabolism is setting a daily step goal. It doesn't really matter what it is. Like there's no magic number. We, we often throw around 8,000, 10,000. These are relatively arbitrary topic or uh, targets. I think there was a, it was Japanese, I think thing came out with a 10k target like mm -hmm. years years it was ago a, like a marketing thing back in the 50s is what i understand where yeah. that 10k magic number came from yeah and so there's no like i i have kind of heard rumblings of an anti-hunger effect around 8,000. um i to be honest i haven't seen like a clear-cut study that shows like this versus this so take that yeah. with a grain of salt but i think one of the easiest ways to increase your metabolism i'm using air quotes here or like you know, boost your metabolism, whatever is just set a daily step goal. If you're walking 2000 steps a day, shoot for 4,000. If you're at 4,000, yeah. shoot for 6,000, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. I think if I was to define metabolism, it, how it makes sense in my brain is it's, it's just, it's the energy balance equation mm. because I yeah. think a yep. lot of people say like my metabolism, they think about, okay, I'm how much am I burning all the time and stuff like that. But it's also the part that plays into it too. Yes. 
the more you're burning, the more you're con- you can consume if you're trying to maintain, lose weight, whatever. But it's also what you consume too. So I think if you're saying the reason why I hate fast metabolism or slow metabolism is it's not that yours is doing things faster than mine's doing it. It's that you're burning more throughout the day because maybe you're more active than I am. And so it, I hate the word fast and slow. It should be like you burn more, you burn maybe not less. It's just like someone has a faster metabolism. All it's it means active. is that they're just more active is what yeah. that means. And so mm-hmm. I hate those terms because it's like, it's not that they're burning four calories a minute while you're only burning two calories a minute. Well, maybe they are because they're moving around more. Right. So I guess that could, that could pan out, but it's not that it's necessarily faster. It's just overall in the day, they just have more output. Um, so when you think about metabolism of how someone's metabolism is functioning, I think of, okay, what are they putting out and also what they're taking in is, is kind of how I, in my brain visualize just that balance of, of, the equation, I guess. Yeah, totally agree. Um, the one thing, so I'm doing something over on the side monitor over here and I'll, I'll show it off in a second, but, um, one thing that I want to kind of highlight is that if you have more weight, your, whether that is body fat or muscle, both of those take energy to, uh, upkeep essentially. So if you are 200 pounds versus like 135 pounds, the 200 pound person will technically speaking have a faster metabolism if yeah. we're not counting in like activity. You know, if that yeah, person is very, very sedentary, that, that'll change. But so I know it might feel like an uphill battle. If you're 200 pounds, you might feel like, oh, I have a broken metabolism. Actually, actually. You have probably a faster, <laughs> if not the same well, again. We're using fast because that's the term that everyone uses. We, yes. I, I think everyone's clear now that's not necessarily faster, but you have the faster metabolism or the same metabolism as someone who's 130 pounds based on how active they are. So I pulled up two, uh, just using TDE calculator. These are just yeah. rough numbers. Please don't put any stock into them. But I wanted to compare somebody who is a 35-year-old female, okay. 200 pounds, five foot four, sedentary. Her maintenance calories might be 1,900 per day. And that's just to, a ballpark number that a calorie park ca- yes. calculator is giving us. Yeah, just yes. ballpark. It's going to be so different. But yeah. I wanted to compare that to somebody, same stats, 35-year-old, female, five foot four, sedentary. But this time, she's 135 pounds, so 65 pounds less. She's going to be burning about 1550 per day. This is the maintenance target, so 350 yeah. calorie difference. Yeah. That might not sound like a lot to the average person, but yeah. to you and me, that is in 350 calorie difference per day is insane. Like so much of a difference. That's like seven cups of broccoli. Yeah. You could be full for a day on that. Well, I just, I think if anyone ever thinks like, oh, 350 calories, like that's not a ton, just cut 350. We've said this in previous podcasts, just cut 350 (laughs) calories out of your day. And you're like, oh man, like every, you could, I mean, easily if you're in a deficit, you could have a whole meal with 350 calories. I mean, how many, I always compare like Oreos. That's like, I don't know, eight or nine Oreos or something, maybe not exactly, but- Five Oreos. Oreo, eat, there you go. Some, some Oreos are uh, most Oreos. They standardize to seventy calories per most, not all. Okay. Not um, thins, and there are some special edition that are sometimes true. 80, but almost always they're seventy per. Yeah, so it ends up being a significant amount of just literally that person because you did both sedentary, correct? Both sedentary, correct? Yeah, and one just weighs more, and like you said, it takes energy to maintain body mass. So if you have more body mass, you're actually going to be the one with the technically faster metabolism if you both have the same sedentary output or not sedentary output energy output 
Yeah. So. And, and keep in mind, this is like in a vacuum, you know, as yes. soon as we put in that one person's more active, one person maybe eats more protein, mm-hmm. one person, you know, like different things like this, protein has a higher thermic effect than carbs or fats. Yeah. It, you know, it might add up over the course of a week or a month or something like that. It's not right. huge. Protein thermic effect is what, like 20, 30 percent, something like that. You said- to protein yeah, thermic effect off top of my head right now but yeah it's like, it's like 20 to 30 percent whereas fats and carbs are like five to ten yeah. percent so basically what that means is like let's say you eat a hundred calories these are rough numbers don't yeah uh, don't pub met us um <laughs> don't hit us with a pmid <laughs> um if you eat 100 calories worth of protein you know maybe 20 30 percent of that so 20 30 calories are going to be used of energy it's not specifically of that protein but of energy will be used in the process and storing whereas for fats and carbs five to 10 calories out of a hundred yeah. calories, rough, yeah. rough, rough numbers. Yeah, exactly. Um, there was something I want to talk about that I, Oh, this isn't, I don't know if it's on the list. So sorry if I'm skipping ahead, That's okay. but people often say, um, I need to gain more muscle so that fat loss is easier for me. And I think yeah. this is a great time for us to talk about muscle does not burn. It does burn more calories than body fat on it's a pound for pound think. basis. Yeah. Not as much as you think. People yeah. think that if you get like, if you put on 10 pounds of muscle, that you're just going to be this fat burning machine and life is yeah. going to be easy. Like it, you just have to remember the net balance of it. I did a post on this. I don't think I have a podcast on this, but, or maybe I do, I can't remember, but I did do a post on this where I'm like, look, if you, um, you know, let's say you gain 10 pounds of muscle, but then you lose 20 pounds of fat, you're actually probably going to have, you know, your metabolism, how much you burn in a day is probably going to go down a little bit because yeah. if you net balance that out, because like you said earlier, fat and muscle both take calories to maintain. It takes, your body has to burn calories to maintain that. And so when you lose that fat, but then gain some muscle, it nets out and maybe you've only increased your calories by 10 at the net or actually decreased it by 20. So I agree. There's that people overshoot, over market that with muscle yes. gaining. Yeah. They, they, they really think that you put on, and if you put on 10 pounds of muscle, that's a, that's a good amount of muscle. I mean, that's yeah, not something really that you is. do. How many pounds of muscle do we think that we would gain in for a new person in a month or 12 months? I'm saying oh like half pound for, so it's going to be, I was going to say a pound per a, month at a pound per month at the aggressive side of like, I agree. I agree. Okay. Half pound to one pound. If you're new, you got things, your ducks in a row, you're doing yeah. things real well. I think if you are a, I'm going to call a hyper responder, somebody who easily puts on muscle by the feel yeah. and looks of it. Right. Um, and, and you're a man, cause there's different absolute rates versus, you know, whatever, um, right. maybe pound and a half, two pounds of muscle. If you're brand new, like underweight, your body's like a squeezed sponge and it's just ready to soak up all the muscle you can. Right. Um, Maybe. But so like over the course of a year, you're talking maybe five to 20 pounds of muscle tops. Yeah. Like max. Yeah. So yeah. And it's not going to change your calorie expenditure that much. So don't feel like you need to put on muscle. That's your silver bullet. Now you're this That's, fat burning. Putting machine. on muscle is not going to solve all of your metabolism problems. And I think people lean on that a lot. They're like, as, fa- as soon as I get jacked or toned or whatever the word that you want to use, they're like, I'm going to be able to eat 3000 calories and enjoy my life. And it's like, mm, you just start enjoying your life now and not wait for that because it's really not going to be that big of a needle mover. Especially if you're someone that's like a hundred pounds overweight, you're going to, you're, already burning a lot more calories than other people who are at a, a normal healthier weight. Um, and so if anything, it's, it's not going to, you're already burning probably the highest amount of calories that you're going to ever burn just simply by having more body mass. 
Yeah. Lifting so. weights also does not burn that many calories. Like yeah. I wouldn't, I would never use exercise to burn calories. Like that's not yeah. the point of exercise. The purpose of exercise is to drive an adaptation in your body. If we're yeah. lifting weights, it's to build muscle strength, you know, flexibility, yeah. increased range of motion, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, neuromuscular efficiency, et cetera, et cetera. If, and if we're doing cardio, again, it's not for the purpose of burning calories. It's right. to drive adaptations in the cardiovascular realm of things, right. improving your heart health, which, believe it or not, actually matters a little bit more than yeah. body fat. Like, I, yeah. I hate, I just, I don't know, people get really wrapped up in like, oh, I need to go for a run so that I can burn some cows. It's like, you're probably going to burn 100 to 300 calories on that run, give or take, which you wouldn't know because your wristwatch is inaccurate. Right, so you wouldn't exactly. know unless you're in a lab how many calories yeah. you'd actually burn. And then you're going to be like, oh, wow, I did so good. You know, this isn't everybody. So I, I hate to generalize, but yeah, but I you also probably like would burn your food. You know, the one hour that you're going to go or 30 minutes you're going to go to take a run would actually be probably better used if you just meal prepped for the rest of the week because you're yeah. actually by meal prepping are probably saving yourself hundreds of calories because Absolutely. you have a plan, you have stuff in your fridge, you you have no reason to go off course per se. If like, you know, you don't have something to eat or whatever, like you, you, the right decision is in front of you because you've meal prepped and spent that time versus going for a run for an hour. And now you're scrambling all week to figure out what you're going to eat and then you go over your calories, whatever. And so it's actually probably better use of your time for calories, meal prepping, if that's something that you are finding is a struggle is staying on target with, with your food. So we, we can put this at the end if you want. Let me know if you want me to like put this at the end and I'll just like start taking notes on it. Um, I think a question that I would have if I was new to this and I was listening to this, this episode right now would be, well, then how do I increase my metabolism? How do I increase my energy expenditure? You know, yeah. like if it's not lifting, if it's not running and like it is those, it is those things. But I think, do you want me to answer that right now? Well, like I, I think thing? I may have a podcast on it and mm -hmm. I haven't, we haven't even tapped into my notes yet for this podcast. I know so we've I think really, we've really we should gone. go through, I'm going to, I'm going to start going through those. I don't know if you want to look on Spotify and see if I have one that talks yeah. about that, like how to increase, I mean, I always get my posts versus what topics I've talked on mixed up. And if not, sure. that I, that would be, honestly, I would love to do that for the next podcast because I think that'd be a good, is my metabolism broken? No, it's not. And then we can talk about how you can increase your metabolism and stuff like that. Yeah, um, five but to increase your metabolism. We can do that in the next one. Yeah, for sure. So the the first point that I put on this podcast to really to dive into is like, okay, so we talked about metabolism, all those kind of things. You know, you think your metabolism isn't functioning properly. It's like, well, let's even just talk. Let's let's dive into like the anatomy of your metabolism and where all that takes place. So it's like you probably heard of your thyroid. Um, your thyroid is where all of that takes place. Your thyroid is this like butterfly shaped gland that sits on your neck um yeah <laughs> Alex did a little like visualization for anyone on YouTube watching this um not that we need to get too detailed but there's three different lobes of the of the um thyroid gland um it's part of your endocrine system which your endocrine system is just this system of glands all throughout your body um that release hormones and so your thyroid releases hormones um and the, the hormones that are in not, we're not going to get deep into this. I'm trying to give everyone a basis, but you know, there's, there's your T4, your T3, your RT3 and um, calcitonin. The main one that you'll hear, 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 blah, blah, hear people talk about is T4, which is like the main hormone that's releasing um, out of your thyroid. Um, and your body makes all these hormones through iodine. So that's why you'll hear, or maybe you haven't heard, but if people have like goiters on their um, neck, it's because they have an iodine de uh, deficiency, or that's why a lot of 
you'll see salts nowadays when you go into the grocery store that we have iodized salt to help supplement iodine into our diet per se. So just to kind of give you, again, just a small basis, your metabolism functions out of your thyroid. Your thyroid is part of your endocrine system, which is just a system of glands throughout your body. Um, and it releases, these glands release hormones. And so this thyroid is releasing hormones for main ones um, that helps to regulate your metabolism. So is there anything you want to add to that before I jump in the next part? No, you're crushing okay. it. I'm, okay. I'm going to stay shut up. Okay. <laughs> okay. So what I normally get in my DMs of where people are like, well, my hormones aren't functioning correctly, or my thyroid isn't functioning correctly, or my metabolism isn't functioning correctly, or even on my, on my posts, like I'll, I'll post something about a calorie deficit and someone will, like, well, Brie, you don't understand I have Hashimoto's or Brie, you don't understand I'm going through menopause or Brie, you don't understand I have been a chronic dieter for years. And so my metabolism doesn't function properly. Okay. So let's go through each of these examples and just talk about, I don't even know how to describe, let's just, I just want to go through each of these and just show you, have you understand of like, sure, I guess we could say your metabolism doesn't function properly, but at the end of the day, if you're looking for fat loss, you do have to be in a calorie deficit. Cause what a lot of people argue in my comments is that a calorie deficit works. However, I have Hashimoto. So I calorie deficit won't work for me. I have to regulate my hormones before a calorie deficit will work for me, which is untrue. You still have to be in a calorie deficit. So I'm going to go into Hashimoto's first, which is, you know, a type of autoimmune disease. And I, I have a client who has Hashimoto's and she has lost body fat and she's lost weight and we've done it. Um, and so what Hashimoto's is, is it's an autoimmune disease. It's your body's attacking your thyroid. And so because it's attacking your thyroid, it's not functioning properly. So that is correct that it's not functioning properly. Um, and it slowed down, slows down your metabolism. What's happening at the basis of Hashimoto's is because your thyroid is not functioning properly and it's slowing down your metabolism, slowing down. Again, we talked about it's reducing how much you burn. You have to be in an even lower deficit than the average person. So let's say you don't have Hashimoto's. Your body's not, your immune system is not attacking your thyroid. Let's say to be in a calorie deficit, you have to be at 1500 calories. Well, now you have Hashimoto's because your body has, has reduced the amount of output that your thyroid is, is, or metabolism is having, you now have to be at 1100 calories to be in a deficit. So the reason why it's harder for people who have Hashimoto's to lose weight is because their calorie deficit has to be even lower than normal. And we know when you're having to be in a deficit at 1100, 1200, a thousand calories, it is very, very hard to adhere to that. So I'm not saying if you have Hashimoto's, you need to go down a thousand to a thousand calories and suck it up. What I'm saying is Go to your doctor, work with your doctor. With my client who has Hashimoto's, we've worked with a doctor. We get her um, hormones tested to see if um, her Hashimoto's is, is the only word I think that is appropriate to use is like dormant. It's not active at the moment. Um, she's on medications. And so that way she's able to be in a ca normal calorie deficit because she's working with her doctor to get her Hashimoto's under control. Um, so how do you know if you have it? Typically it's hereditary. You can look for goiters. Um, you can test your, your T4 or levels. Typically they'll be low. Um, you can test for antibodies because antibodies will be present if your body is attacking the thyroid. Um, so I want to automatically go straight. If you're not able to lose body fat, I want to automatically go to, I have an autoimmune disease. You could, you could go to the doctor, get your hormones tested, see if there's an issue. It might more be along the lines of you need to tighten up your tracking. Are you tracking on the weekends being consistent? Um, 
but that's typically one that I get hit with the most is Hashimoto's because I get it. Like that's one that you really don't have control over because it's like your body's just, you can't choose that your body's having this response. And so it's like, okay, either I diet at a lot lower calories or I get this under control with medication with my doctor. I don't know if you have anything else to add to that. The, no, you've been absolutely demolishing this. I, I'm, I, I've I'm just been be like quiet, quietly listening. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm just trying to be careful because I don't want people to hear. I don't want people to hear that like you're not trying hard enough. Like you need to do this. Like I get you have this and it yeah. sucks that you have this. Like I yeah. don't. And so I will have as much empathy as I can because I don't have it. But you've got to go to your doctor. We. I'd rather you spend your time figuring out how to get it under control and then worry about weight loss than trying to do both at the same time. Like that's right. much more important before you're trying to be in the deficit. Yeah. And I, and I think where you're coming from is a place of empowerment of just saying like, this, yes. it's not impossible. Like, yes, the, the cards may be stacked against you. Correct. It may be harder for you, but it, it is absolutely not impossible. It is still within your control. It's just, right. yeah, it might be harder. Um, yeah. The only thing I want to say, and I know that, you know, the 1,000 and 1,500 calories for the listener, that's like, oh, I do have Hashimoto's. I have to be eating at 1,000 calories. Bray's throwing out just numbers. Like these aren't like your numbers. These aren't, these aren't your specific calorie deficit numbers. These aren't like, Oh, I need to be in a 500 calorie, you know, deficit beyond what a nor I put air quotes here. Normal person without Hashimoto's would have, um, like, you know, these are made up numbers. We're just using these as reference points, not absolute, you know, targets. Correct. So the biggest hitter of Hashimoto's, if you're having hard with hard time with weight loss is that it's going to automatically reduce your metabolism of what your body is burning essentially. And so you're going to be burning at a lower rate than someone who doesn't have that. And that makes that harder. It doesn't make it impossible, but it does make it really hard and probably to the point where you feel like it's impossible. And that's why I just want to hit home, like go to your doctor, work with them, get on medication to help with, with all of that, because it's, it's an uphill battle trying to having Hashimoto's and trying to lose weight, but it's not impossible. It's just a very hard battle. Yeah. And, um, you know, one of these things that we talk about so often and at least, I mean, we both talk about to a sickening degree is how hunger management has to be the number one priority. And especially if you are getting your calories lower and lower and lower and lower, I'm sorry, but like things like, like Oreos or ice cream or pizza or Taco Bell, like, it's a very high likelihood that these are going to be either dramatically reduced because yeah. on, on the specific basis of they aren't going to be as nutrient dense as some whole foods. Um, and I'm all for eating like highly processed foods. I love them. I eat yeah. Oreos and Rice Krispie Treats and Taco Bell and pizza. I eat all those things. But what I'm saying is that like if you have to cut your calories lower and lower and lower in order to lose fat, what happens is, is you're going to get less nutrients in. And so if you're not eating foods that are packed with nutrients, really nutrient dense foods, that could be an issue in the long run, not a day by day issue, not a week by week issue. Yeah. If you're doing this over the course of months and years, yeah, then it could be an issue. And then the other thing is, is hunger. If you are feeling hungry at your calorie target, don't slash your calories, yeah. figure out how to maximize your hunger, whether that is through strategies, like, you know, eating slowly, taking sips of water between, you know, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. If that is, I think we have a podcast on that maybe, but um, if not, yeah. we'll do one. Um, or if it's the food swaps thing, like for example, yeah. this morning I posted a story on my Instagram that was 
Uh, For those who don't know, Alex is in a deficit right now. So when he's saying food yes. swaps, he's talking about something he's probably swapped because now he's in a deficit. Yeah, correct. So I'm doing these egg tacos. I sent you a picture this morning. They're just like egg white tacos. Um, and so this morning I was like, huh, I wonder how many calories this would be if I was like in a bulk, right? Yeah. And I, I even was pretty lean. I did like perfect, like I didn't add sauce or anything, which could add, yeah. you know, 50 to 100 calories. Right. But basically the things that I did was, um, it was the three, three tacos, 350 calories, 50 grams of protein total for all three. If I did non low carb tortillas, that spiked the calories up. If I would normally add two eggs and reduce the amount of egg whites, that spiked the calories. Right. Um, and then fat-free cheese, I would normally do like, I don't know, like a Mexican blend or just like regular Yeah, just cheese. regular full fat cheese, yeah. Yeah, and so it went from 350 calories to 750 calories without yeah. adding anything different just with these food swaps. So swapping. I think that's yeah. just swapping. That's why I really want to hit home. You're not taking anything out. You still have cheese. You still have tortillas. You still have eggs. You're just swapping what you're using. Eggs for egg whites, regular cheese for reduced fat, your regular tortillas for these tortillas. All you're doing is making swaps and you saved 400 calories. Yeah. Yeah. Give yourself a whole extra meal for the day or those could be your snacks for the day. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what I really want to emphasize to people is like, you can make it easier on yourselves. You don't have to be like this. It doesn't have to be this battle with hunger until you get to this like insanely bodybuilder level lean. You should not be battling with hunger. If you're battling with hunger, you're going about this the wrong way. A little bit of hunger is fine. And I want to say that like- I'm glad you add that in. I was thinking about that. Yeah. Hunger's fine. Hunger is, and it's not, hunger is not linear. So it's not like time is, you know, the bottom and then, you know, hunger's at the top. And it's not like a one-to-one kind of thing. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a wave, you know, like hunger, you'll get really hungry and then you wait 15 minutes and it kind of comes back down and then you get really hungry again and it comes back down. So it's like, don't panic. You know, one of the, one of the questions that I ask clients, I'm going to make this into a post one day. I looked at her, she was talking to me, you know, we're on a call and I said, I just stopped and like looked at her for a second. I said, do you see hunger as a problem you need to solve? Mm -hmm. And that was one of the most potent questions I've ever, she was stumped. She said, do I, do I see hunger as a problem? I, she, that is a very interesting question. I've never, <laughs> asked, I've never even thought about that before. So I started yeah. asking that to other clients too. And it's really interesting seeing their different responses. A lot of them, you know, kind of come to the conclusion that no, hunger isn't a problem. It's a sensation. It's a feeling. But, and I, you know, I kind of, does it give you anxiety? Do you worry yeah. about it? Do you feel like you need to rush to the pantry or like, do you start perusing? And right. if so, I want you to like do a mental check on those feelings, on those sensations and understand yeah. that like, you know, I love Jordan Syatt's the apple test. Are you familiar? Yeah. If you're not hungry enough for an apple or whatever that, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you're not, if you're hungry, go eat an apple. If you don't want the apple, you're not hungry. You're, not you're craving hungry. something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. And that can, that can apply to, I mean, just anything where, you probably would only eat it if you're super starving. Cause I think, I think the apple is a good one, but it's just like, even, I don't know. I, I think carrots is my kind of marker. Cause I love apples. Sure. I love eating apples and carrots. My marker. It's like, there's times where it's like, I honestly would take carrots right now because I'm that hungry. Or if it's like, if I went to go grab carrots, it's like, no, I don't want that because it's like, okay, truly I'm not hungry. It's just, I'm craving something. And there's whether it's salty or sweet, there's something else that I'm craving. So I do yeah. love, I use that kind of, not, I would say frequently, but I definitely on the day-to-day think about that. I was at Target the other day and um, I was checking out and I saw like some Sour Patch Kids. I was like, ooh, those sound so good right now. So I grabbed them. And on the way, I was like, I'm going to open them in the car. I was like, Brie, when was the last time that you ate? 
And I was like, huh, it's 2 p.m. And I had breakfast at 8. I haven't eaten lunch yet. I was like, okay, you can have these, but you have to eat lunch first because you're probably hungry. You're not craving the Sour Patch Kids. You're probably actually really hungry. So I went home, had lunch, ate it, completely forgot about the Sour Patch Kids. It wasn't until later that night I was going to bed and I was like cleaning off the counter. I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot I bought these Sour Patch Kids because what it really was, I wasn't craving the Sour Patch Kids. I was actually really, really hungry. And so my mind was automatically going to what sounded really good when I was looking at that rack as I was, you know, checking out at Target. I still ate them later, um, but it was a good check of like, okay, was I really actually craving the uh, Sour Patch Kids or was I actually really hungry? And I was just going to what was easy and highly palatable when I was at Target. What would you say? So you've had a decade of experience, you know, more or less in, yeah. in, in, in training yourself to listen to these mental hunger cues and, and kind of like reflect on them. What would you say to somebody who has zero or one year of experience? They're just getting started. How would you remind, how would you have them remind themselves of exactly what you did? You're saying like specifically of just remembering like when you eat, like to think, okay, am I craving or or have I eaten? Yeah, sure. I just think that like mental clarity of having those reflections is can be really impactful for people. So I, you know, I think the first, we- yeah, I think the first hurdle is just remembering to think through that. And so it's just like, how would you, you know, first remember every time that you go to eat to remember that? I probably would use a sticky notes. I'd put a sticky note on my pantry sticky note on my fridge so every time I go I think when I probably put when's the last time you ate um or when was your last meal so I would stop and think okay am I craving something or am I hungry and then once that becomes a thing then you probably start automatically thinking about that and then hopefully you apply it every time you're going to eat something whether that's a snack food because I couldn't even it's not that I went for sour patch kids that was the bad thing it was it was you know I could be going for cuties or something you know what I mean it's like okay hold up you you just ate four cuties. Like, yeah. <laughs> about to go for your fifth one. Are you hungry <laughs> or are you craving cuties? And it's like, oh yeah, I haven't eaten in eight hours. I need to go eat something. So it's just anytime I'm going towards, anytime I go towards something smaller, not a full meal, I always catch myself first saying, okay, do you want this snack because you're hungry? You're wanting because you're craving something. And so I always check that. So I think the first thing is just putting sticky notes. So it stops you, has you think about it, and then as you make that repetitious, that's not a word. I don't know repeating over and over again, habitual. Thank you. Habitual. Then you probably automatically start thinking about it, but it takes time. That's not going to, you're not going to start habitually thinking about it in three weeks. It's probably going to take you months until you start actually thinking about that each time. Yeah. You need to repetition is key to making this like a, to making it yeah habitual. Like she said, totally. All right, cool. Okay. Let's move on to the next one. I love (laughs) that we come up on tangents. The tangents are great. Yes. So the next one I want to talk about is menopause because I get, I mean, not even in my DMs, just like people in my life, anyone basically over the age of 40 saying, oh, I can't eat like you. You know what I mean? They see me grab a donut and they're like, mm. man, I wish I could eat like you, but I can't anymore because of back my Back when I was in my 20s. Back, back when I was in my back. 20s. Yeah. And we're, <laughs> if you're listening to this and you're in your 40s, we're not trying to make fun of you. Oh, no, no, no. We love you. Saying, I'm but so sorry. We love you so much. I'm sorry. We do. It's just yeah. we hear the exact same sentence almost every time of, I wish yeah. I could eat that. Or back, in, back when I was younger, it's always the same thing. And so- can I get a, I I get a personal hit. touch on this really quick? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah. It's demeaning when you say shit like that. It's it's demeaning to people like Bree and I who take our fitness and our nutrition extremely seriously when you just write it off as like, oh, because of our age, we age. are able to do this. Yeah. 
we have hyper discipline around what we do. We are very focused. This is our job. We take this seriously. It is our passion. And so when you say things like, and we, oh, you have a fast metabolism or like, oh, it's because you're in your 20s. Wait till you're in your 40s. Watch yeah. me when I'm 40. Yeah. Seriously. If you yeah. live that long, watch me when I'm fucking 40. I, yeah. That'll be the I'll be the fucking best 40. I'll be the best looking 40 year old on the planet. Like, yeah. And, yeah. and like, I know you and Sage will too. Like you guys just live and breathe fitness and nutrition. And yeah. so it's not an age thing. It's who we've chosen to be. So don't yeah. demean our efforts by saying like, oh, you have a fast metabolism or like, oh, it's because you're in your twenties. Yeah. No, it's because we give a shit about this and we've been very consistent and very disciplined. Yeah. Well, and I just want to say, if you have ever said it to us, if you've DM'd one of us about it, oh, like, yeah, don't sweat we're not it. upset about you. No, yeah. no, 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 don't sweat it. Don't sweat it. Yeah, yeah, don't sweat it. Like, it's totally fine because we both know. I think we, we, you and me both know when people say that to us, it doesn't come from a bad place. It probably more no. so reflects on yeah. themselves Them. and they yeah. wish they could be at that time again where they their weight was under control and all that. And we get that. But just also yeah. understand when you say that, it's demeaning the efforts that, you know, like Alex said, like, I've had. 10 years of trial and error that I've really, really worked hard to get to the place that I'm at today. And it's like the reason I maintain my weight really well, I have the relationship with the food I do. I'm able to eat a donut, but also prioritize my nutrition because I've worked really hard to get here mentally. Um, and so it's not just because of my age, it's because I've really put in the effort. And so I guess to, to kind of start the, the, do you have something to add to that? Or do you want to, I was going to kind of get into our um, points on the menopause part. I guess just like, you know, yes, like I said, things will get harder as you age, you know, yes, like around menopause, which we're about to segue into, yes, yeah. things might get harder, you know, for people who have Hashimoto's, things might be harder for people who grew up in a potentially low income household and didn't have high access to food to people who have who have been in a community that don't have the best access to food to people yeah. that grew up in you know, a family that went out for takeout every day. And those are the habits. Yep. Maybe you didn't learn how to cook. Like we all have different starting points. Yeah. That does not change. There's a quote. There's a quote that I love. I'm going to, I'm going to pull it up really quick. And okay. it, because it's, it's this impactful and it says, <clears throat> is Sage in the room? He might know what I'm no, talking about. He's okay. not. No, okay, why? Go for it. Is it from right. like a. Yeah, don't you worry about it. Don't you worry about it. Don't you worry about it. Okay, I'll tell you where okay. it's from after. But it okay. says, I see now that the circumstances of one's birth are irrelevant. It is what you do with the gift of life that determines who you are. Do you know who yeah. said that? It was not Plato. It was not Socrates. Was it, like... was Me it was Mewtwo from Pokemon. Stop. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Mewtwo is my favorite Pokemon by far. Yeah. And he's like, all the other Pokemon are just like, you know, saying like Pikachu. He says like Pika Pika. Yeah. You know? And like Squirrel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mewtwo is a philosopher. He and really is. <laughs> it's really exceptional. Is. But I think like, I know that's just like a funny little like, you know, silly quote, like yeah, yeah. Pokemon, yeah. whatever. But it, it also does prove it just like, it kind of reinforces the point I'm trying to make that like, yes, we all have different cards that we're dealt. It's what you do with them that matters. Oh, a million percent. Yeah. And I, and I, the only asterisk I want to put to that quote, just so that way no one feels bad, is like it, he said, you know, where you start from is irrelevant. I somewhat disagree because where you start from, I think, does have an impact of how you yeah. deal with things. Yes, yes, A yes, million yes, percent. Yes, yes. However, you cannot change where you started. Yes. You have all in your power to change going forward. Yes. And so instead of looking at the past and saying, I grew up this way or I, I was taught this or whatever, it's like, cool, recognize that. Yeah. But now let's try Be to better. Let's, 
be better and put on our problem solving hat and be yeah. like, okay, how can I fix this? And understanding that it's going to take, again, not to discourage anyone, but it took me 10 years to get to the spot where I am now. And a big reason is because I did this, a lot of this on my own. Yeah. I had, I was researching, looking up stuff. I didn't have the guidance. I took the time over, you know, having someone help me. And so I had to really navigate a lot of things too. And it's just like, yeah, I could be upset that it took me 10 years when it probably could have taken me half the time. But like at the same time, I can't change that it took 10 years. And like, that's obviously how it needed to happen. It's like either it could take 10 years or I just don't pursue it at all. You know, the so access to knowledge is, is so much higher now. Yes, like, you know, definitely. you can go on Instagram accounts and you, you do have to be following the right people. So there's, you know, that's, that's important to and know. That takes, yeah. But again, that's another time thing. It takes time to learn how to navigate those types of people yeah, too. Exactly. You know? So yeah, you have to follow the right people, but man, people can learn a lot about nutrition and fitness For just sure. from the internet. But when back, back in our day, I'm going to say back in our day, when we were first starting out, it was like bodybuilding forums. That was it. That's it. Like, yeah, that that's was it. Where, that was there it. was no that's Reddit. It. There wasn't Twitter. There wasn't like, there wasn't Instagram where people, people on Instagram 10 years ago were taking picture of like a dog with seven different filters on it and saying like, yeah. my little mocha girl, you know? Yeah. And like, like that's well, what I was happening. When I first started, it was 20, probably either, it was either like winter of 2012, spring of 2013. And Instagram only been around for two, maybe three years. Mm -hmm. And so, cause I think Instagram started 2010 and how I got started in fitness was I saw, you know, Jamie Easton Middleton, who's like, you know, just the OG of like the fitness bodybuilding kind of world for women. Um, I saw her on Instagram. She had her page. And at that time, like all people, it was only pretty much bodybuilders that were posting fitness stuff yep. and they're posting their shredded photos all the time. So I went to bodybuilding.com, got a free plan, a free workout. Like bodybuilding.com yep. is not free anymore. No. Like that's how I started was literally going to bodybuilding.com and getting all the free stuff. And so we really started, which, and just like nowadays, there's just so much information, but I also think there's so much information that people are in an overwhelm. And so that's what I think you and me hope yeah. to do is to clear that stuff kind of up. Filter, filter it out. A yeah, bit. for sure. Yeah. For sure. But, um, right. sorry to derail okay. again. Yeah, I'm going to go back into menopause. We'll finally talk about menopause. So the biggest change for someone going, and I want to first start off this menopause is not easy. There are things that make your life more difficult going through menopause, but the biggest change for people over the age of, you know, 40, 50s is your lifestyle. That is the biggest changer in your metabolism changing because you're typically not moving as much. Whether that's, you know, you you came out of the phase of you had kids, you know, now they're 16, they're driving themselves, you're not having to do that, that changes. Maybe you just change. stopped exercising as much. There's some lifestyle thing of you're not burning as much because you're not moving as much as you used to. That's the biggest home hitter. Yep. Now, like I said earlier, does menopause make things harder? A hundred percent, right? When you're going through like, you know, the hormone changes and then the hot flashes and all that, it absolutely can, makes you feel different. And when you're feeling not your greatest, when you're feeling all these things, I say feeling because there's, there's a wide range of how it's going to affect you personally. Um, you're less likely maybe to stick to the calories that you're at. You're less likely to be adherent and stuff. Your sleep may be terrible. And if your sleep's terrible, then you're less likely to be adherent. And so the big home hitter that was, there was a study done in 2021 that really validates this. Um, I have this written down, so I'm just going to read off of it. This study done in 2021, there were 6,421 6, subjects, which is great. If you're ever looking at a study, you want a lot of subjects in the study because it gives us a lot of good data points. 
64% were female, which is great because I feel like normally a lot of studies aren't high in female. And then 29 different countries. Um, they did a age range of eight days to 95 years. And they're basically were tracking to see how much of their TEE, their total energy expenditures throughout the day, how it changes over time. Um, for uh, expenditure, they found that the expenditure or the amount of calories that you're burning accelerates rapidly in newborns. It's actually they, the, the metabolism of a newborn is about 50% higher than an average adult. Is that on a, it actually, must be on a per pound basis or something like that. Like they, I feel like- they, they like, um, what's the word? They adjusted body mass, mm, all that yes. kind of stuff, okay. but okay. that might not on, be exact a, math there. But they're basically no, that would, saying that that would be exact math. Yeah, two thousand to okay. three thousand. Um, they're saying that babies' metabolisms are 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 their expenditure. I'm sorry. Let me let me clarify. Let me specify. Expenditure is fifty percent higher than that of an adult's. So yeah. already right there, and that's why you're having to feed you know newborns you know every like freaking two three hours, and they have to get you know breast milk is very high in fat. They need those calories so they can grow. Just a, um, just a, just a word real quick. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's very important that she said that it's adjusted for body mass because please don't feed your baby 3000 calories per day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is adjusted for body mass. Yes. And yeah, totally. So that's not that, that your child's eating 3000 calories a day. It's kind of like changing things per capita. You're changing it in relation to body mass. Um, and then what they see after that, so it's, it goes, it's rapid when they're a newborn. And then from there, it slowly declines from there to about age 20. And I would assume a, a big of the decline is you're probably slowing down in growth. And so you're probably not going to need as many, as many calories. And then also is probably, I would assume from you're not moving as much, right? When you're a kid, you are bouncing off the walls. And then as you get older, you get a little bit more sedentary. And so they find at about 20 is where it about evens out. So you rapidly increase as a newborn. And then from there, it just slowly declines until you hit about 20 years old. And then they find from 20 to 60, it's the same for like mm. the rest, for all that time. Even I put in here, even in pregnant women, if again, you account for body mass, your metabolism stays the same from 20 to 60. And then from there, they said roughly, we see a slight, and I'm going to say slight decline from the age of 60. They say about 0.7% per year, which is roughly, I did like, if your BMR is 1500 calories and you times that boy, you know, 0.7%, that's roughly going to be 10.5 calories per year. 10.5 calories is so much per less year. than a rounding error. Yeah. Like I, when you're tracking, like it's, it's so yeah. insignificant. Yeah. So it's just like, it really doesn't change that much. And then the last part that they noted on the study was, you know, over the age, over 90 years of age, your, your energy, your expenditure is about 26% below a middle-aged adult. So if you're, you know, again, you could do the math for that, but it's like, it doesn't drop that crazy. So I the think the 0.7% thing, just like looking over the math on this thing right here, I feel like it, it would have to be a 10 calorie difference per day. Because if it was a 0.7% difference 
of 1500 cal of, of like your basal metabolic rate. We're looking at that on a daily perspective. So it's not 10 calories per year. It'd be 10 calories. Per year. Well, I'm saying overall. So it's like, if you're at 1500 and then at, at 60 and then at 61, now you're dropping down to. I understand. Oh 1490. my God. Yes. yes I, correct. Yes, it is per yes, day. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Totally but overall your average, your, your per day thing drops 10. Thank yep. you for clarifying that. Cause I'm sure someone's like, what, you know, I may have thought the same thing, but yeah, it's that it's dropping basically per year. So again, this is rough math, but it, all I'm trying to hit home is that it doesn't change that much. The biggest changer for you is that your lifestyle changes. Typically when people hit 60, that's when they retire there. They, a lot of people when they retire, they're not as active, you know? And so that's going to be the biggest home hitter. And so again, like Alex said earlier, I'm saying all this to empower you. I'm not saying this of like, yeah, well, the reason why you're hitting menopause, you're not losing weight because you're not working hard enough. I'm saying- No, like you actually have the power to change things. It's not that your metabolism screwed because guess what? If it was, if that was actually true, you, you have no control now. But what I'm telling you is that you have the power to control it. And so let's take a look at things, how active you are, your step goal and where you're tracking and all those things. You you do have the power to make changes that you maybe think you don't. Agreed. Yeah. I I wrote a note on this, um, just in the comments here. And it's a little bit of self-reflection time for my people who are 30s, 40s, 50s, maybe 40s, 50s, 60s, I should say, and feeling like my metabolism is broken. Shoot, even if you're in your 30s and you feel like my metabolism is broken or something like that, take a really hard look at what you were doing 10 years ago or 20 years ago. So let's say this from a perspective of somebody who's 40 something, right? Right. And, you know, 20s and 30s, what were you doing? You may have been in college. You may have been chasing around kids, toddlers, babies, like babies don't move much, but toddlers and little kids, they move so much. Your steps are going to be hyperinflated during that time. When, yeah. you're, when your steps are hyperinflated, that means your energy expenditure is hyperinflated. When your energy expenditure is hyperinflated, it means you're going to have an easier time losing weight or maintaining the weight that you're currently at Yeah. versus what you were doing in your 40s, 50s, 60s. Do you have a desk job? I mean, how yeah. many of us work from home, have desk right. jobs? Like, sedentary especially since the pandemic since 2020 you could even just go back three years and go just three look years. at yes. pre-pandemic sure yeah. The, yeah. you're not walking around the office anymore you know again this yeah. is for a lot of us not all you're not walking around the office anymore you're not walking in from the parking lot to the inside and like these things yes that may only be 100 to 300 steps to walk into the building, get yourself situated. But then how much are you moving around during the day versus yeah. how much you're moving at home? Yeah. You know, are your kids independent at this point? Like you said earlier, are they 16? Yeah. Are they driving themselves around? Are you not going to every soccer practice? Are you not, you know, making them meals and walking around the kitchen and stuff like that? And, right. and your hobbies, you know, did your hobbies change? Especially 2020 was one of the craziest societal changing years we've ever had, ever. like as a species, yeah. like in terms of like a one like year 20, shift. I think when you look at like the 21st century, like, yes. you know, that, you know, I'm sure just there's for, another, just like, for a single year, like, you know, there's yeah. the indus- industrial revolution, but that didn't happen over like one year. This happened right. relatively extremely quick. I know it's like dragged. Scale. Yeah. It's dragged out a little bit, yeah. but it has shifted a lot of things where people who may have had, you know, active hobbies with their friends. Maybe they stopped Mm -hmm. doing that or reduced doing that. Maybe Mm -hmm. the, I mean, how many clients have you worked with or how many people have you heard from that have said like, I gained the COVID 20 or something like that saying like, you know, kind of like the freshman 15 kind of thing. And it's like, one, I'm really sorry that happened to you. You know, I'm really sorry that your life got derailed and it, it sucks. It happened to a lot of us for Brie and I, 
I'm not gonna lie, it it panned out pretty well because we we're able to build a business, you know, <laughs> yeah. of, of online training. Like I was doing the in person stuff, and that forced me. My gym closed, and that forced me to move online. And I think you yeah. also used as an opportunity to, to grow. Yeah. And but for some other people, it was hard. And I'm really yeah. really sorry that happened for you. Um, but you have to take stock of what you were doing then, what you were doing now. Stop blaming it on your metabolism. Take some, take some ownership. Make some yep. changes. Yeah. And so it's the same thing, not quite the same thing as Hashimoto's, but same scenario of if you are going to be, if you're more sedentary, less active, you are going to have to be at even lower calories now to be in a deficit. And so what's great about you know, what this situation is like, it's a lot easier to control. Like Hashimoto's, you need to go to your doctor, get the testing, get the medication. That's going to be, you know, more work, but you know, that's, it's worth going through that to figure all that stuff out. In this situation, it's like, okay, like if I- Go for a walk. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Go for a walk. You don't have to go to the doctor. I mean, you can, if you want to go get blood tests and just check overall health, whatever. But for the scenario, it's how can I find ways to be more active is going to be the biggest home hitter. And you know, there's so many reasons that- it could be outside of activity that maybe you're not losing weight. Maybe you're not tracking on the weekends. Maybe you're not tracking using a scale. I mean, there's other things to go into, but the biggest home hitter is just like, you're, you're not active like you used to be. Yeah. So. All right. I, I think we could wrap it up there. I think this has been such a short and punchy episode. Do you have anything else to say? I want to just go on into the chronic dieter because that's a big one. That's a big one. That's a big yeah, one. Because we get, oh, I get a lot of comments of, you know, people saying, well, I've been dieting for, I've been a chronic dieter for a year or I mean, whatever chronic, meaning that they've done it for a really, really long time. And because they've been in a calorie deficit for so long, they damage their metabolism. Yep. Typically the people I get this comment from are people who are 50, hundred pounds overweight and they're trying to lose weight. And so they can't lose weight. So they say, well, I must've damaged my metabolism because I've been trying to be an art. I trying, that's what I'm going to say. They've been in a deficit for so long, and so they've damaged their metabolism, they can't lose weight. Being a chronic, if you were chronically in a deficit, it's almost like an oxymoron. If you were actually in a deficit for a year, you would have lost weight. And so being like a lot of it. So if you are, you know, again, you're overweight and you're trying to lose weight and you were chronically in a deficit, you actually would have lost weight. So it's kind of an oxymoron. Um, so what's happening is typically is that you've been trying to be in a deficit and you are now so psychologically probably, um, exhausted, burnt out. out. Thank you. Burnt out because you've been spinning your wheels for a year, have gotten no traction. And now you feel just, I mean, like burnt out. I think that's the best way to say it. And so, what's happening is, is that you didn't damage your metabolism. It's you've been trying to be in a deficit for so long and now you're burnt out and you're saying, okay, well, I've been trying to eat at 1200 calories for X amount of time. And so I've damaged my metabolism. That's why I can't lose weight. You weren't in a deficit to begin with. And so probably maybe what you need to do is take a break just to give yourself a psychological break. And then when you come back, turn those screws a little bit tighter on your tracking weekends, being consistent, all of that stuff is typically where it's going to come from getting more activity in all of that. So again, this is not me saying you're not working hard enough. That, that's the problem. You're working so hard, but not doing it where it's putting you into a deficit that you're getting burnt out and then you're getting frustrated. What we need yep. to do is take a step back and be like, okay, are my efforts actually being spent properly? Yeah. Does that makes sense. Yeah. I think one of the worst things for people is psychologically thinking you're in a deficit or feeling like you're in a deficit without being in one physiologically. Probably one of the worst things you can go through. Worst things you could go through. In a fat loss phase or trying to be in a fat loss phase. It's absolutely miserable. I I, I have a lot of empathy for that. 
Yeah, you get all of the negativeness of being in a deficit with yep. no results. Yeah. And so and that's it's worse, really because then you feel yeah. like your body's broken. You feel like something's yeah. wrong with you. Yeah. That's so nice. let's just play like a little devil's advocate of let's just say you you were overweight, you weren't being eating 1200 calories and you have lost a ton of weight because you have been at a low calorie deficit. Um, let's say you've lost 50 pounds in a year eating at 1200 calories just because you're at 1200 calories does not automatically mean that you're damaging your metabolism. Mm -hmm. There's things that happen over that course of the year where your metabolism adapts. And the biggest one being, you now weigh less. So of course your metabolism is going to be lower because we know it takes calories and energy to maintain a certain body mass. So if you weigh less now, your metabolism is going to be lower because you don't have as much body mass to maintain. And on top of that, your body is going to, you know, if you talk with your hands a lot, you'll probably not talk with your hands as much. There's subconscious things that you don't tap your feet under your desk. Maybe you only get up to go to the bathroom three times a day versus 10 times a day. There's subconscious things that your body's doing to say, hey, we're losing weight. We've got to figure out a way to quit because your body looks at your fat storage almost like you look at your savings account. Your body gets a little Mm. uncomfortable when it sees you dipping into your savings account there. And so it's going to do things to help slow, slow the spending per se, but it's not as big as you think it is. The biggest needle mover of your metabolism adapting is that you simply weigh less. And then there's a little bit that comes from there. Our bodies have been hyper efficient at adapting to, well, I should say they have been adapting over time to make us hyper efficient. And what that means is like, (laughs) it's a recent, like last like 50 to 100 ish, you know, ish, maybe 200 years that we have this level of access to food. I mean, even in the last like five years, Grubhub, yeah. DoorDash, you know, like yeah. all these things, I can tap a few things, a few buttons on a glass screen on my phone and yeah. a pizza will be here in 20 minutes. Yeah. That, if, if, <laughs> I mean, yeah. that would blow the brains of our ancestors. Like yeah. that would be like the most overwhelming, like they would just say like, wait, you're trying to lose weight? You're trying to, you're trying to get smaller. What are you talking about? Like we had to, I mean, this is kind of a going way back, but like we had to hunt like a, like a bear or or like a deer to go get food. Yeah. Yeah. Like a woolly mammoth. Let's go. Yeah. Woolly mammoth. Let's go real far back. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like our body, you know, if we provide it less fuel, it's going to try to spend less fuel. So you have to, if you want to lose body fat, you got to kind of just beat that into submission to a degree our bodies are constantly adapting to try to keep us alive. I mean, you even yeah. even can take this to the point of weightlifting. The yep. reason why your body's building muscle is because your body's like, holy shit. Like they're trying to kill us. We've got to be building more muscle. <laughs> we need to be prepared. We need to be prepared, so we gotta be prepared next time. For the next time we have a hundred pounds on our back. And so it's adapting. And so it's taking the protein. It's taking this. So your body's in. So when you get sick, your body's trying to adapt to make you not sick. So you don't die. You know, there's, and you're, when you're, losing body fat, you're dipping to that quote unquote savings. Your body's like, we've got to figure out a way to not burn as much energy because yeah. if we burn through all of our, I keep saying savings because I think that hits home. It's great. No, it's wise. great. Keep going with it. If we keep tip dapping in our savings, we're going to be in the negative and the negative means you die. Yeah. So you're your dead. You're like, done. <laughs> yeah. We've got to figure out a way to preserve this. And so our bodies are really good at adapting your, your whole body's purpose of existence is to not die. Yeah. Literally That's every it. single day. That's all your body's yep. doing is literally mm-hmm maintaining homeostasis. Keep him alive. Keep her alive. Like keep her alive at all times. You're yep. breathing. Your body's trying to keep you alive. Your, your blood, heart. your heart's pumping because it's trying to keep you alive. Like if any of your those blood things, is being filtered, breathing, like yes, your heart starts pumping. You 
die. Yeah, you're done. (laughs) Just, you know, that's your whole, your body's trying to constantly maintain that. And that's why your body can, you know, if you decide to go keto and not eat carbs, your body can pull energy from other sources because it's trying to figure out ways, okay, how can we keep us alive? And then, you know, that's how starvation works. It gets to a point where it's like, hey, we don't have anything else to pull from. And then those systems have no energy and they stop functioning and you die. Yeah. That's how that works. Yeah. So, just a quick note, starvation mode, not a thing. You're not yeah. going to eat too little and gain weight. Just want to, yeah. just want to, um, I don't even want to touch on that more because yeah. that's it. Just cut and dry. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we, we I don't know if, I don't think we have a podcast on that one. We'll have to do one on that if we don't, I don't remember. We could do starvation mode as a podcast, I guess. But Yeah. If we already have, if we have or haven't. Anyways, all that to say, I don't remember where I was going with that, but um, you were talking yeah, about your body's dying. really, really cool. And yeah. every time that you're mean to it, you're telling it, I don't appreciate you for keeping me alive every day. So every time you pick it apart, so you yeah. don't like your hair or your legs yep. or your arms, you're just like, your body's your like- little, A little belly, a little belly. Yeah, your dude's like, come on, I'm just trying to keep you alive every day. Why you gotta pick yeah. me apart like that? So yeah. being yeah. able to store energy is, Dr. Adrian Chavez just had the greatest analogy, I think, of all time on this. Yeah. Um, I can send you the podcast episode after this. I wish I could plug it right now. I'm so sorry yeah. that I can't plug it, Dr. Chavez. But he said different people will have different ability to be able to store body fat or have that energy circulating through your through your 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 energy your, your blood. Yeah. If you have more energy circulating through through your blood, you'll become pre-diabetic and potentially develop diabetes. That's not a good thing. The yeah. capability to store energy is is huge. And so he yeah. compared it. Oh my God, I'm going to butcher this. And so I would just say like, go listen to his podcast. I don't know if we yeah. plug other podcasts, but I'm going to. We right can. Here. I just don't know what, what episode was it. Do you know? No, I'm so sorry. No. Okay. Maybe we put it in well, the show notes or something after, like that. Yeah, like, well, I'll put it in the show notes after. So no, go ahead and keep going on your thought. I see you looking it up. Don't. Don't look it up. Just I'm going to look it up. I'm going to keep, I'm going to look it up, but I'm also going to uh, keep going with my thought. And he was basically saying something along the lines of like having more energy on your body is like having a garage where you can put extra boxes. And if those boxes, if your garage gets too full and you can't store any more energy, you have an issue. But if you don't have a garage and your clutters coming around your house, you also Mm. have an issue. And so having a garage where you can store the extra boxes and things like that is a net win. And so I wouldn't look at your body fat on your body as an issue in the terms of, unless it's like on the extremes, right? Way too little or way too much. If you don't have the ability to store body fat for whatever reason, like that would be a massive, massive, massive issue. Yeah, you're right. Because the point is, is that if we didn't have the ability to store body fat, we would die. We would die. We would die. So it's or, like, or we would be at... so like day to day would be delirium trying yeah. to get in our energy needs. Cause like if we yeah. went a few hours or days, like without e- eating, we would yeah. die. You would just die because your body's like, Hey, we haven't had food in eight hours. So we're just gonna pull from the fat stores. And when we get food back, we'll just replenish these little fat stores again. Again, it's just, it's just like having the savings, you know what I mean? Of, of having that savings account. Yeah, no, I like, I like that analogy that he put there basically. Yeah, it was so good. And then he also just said like, and it's kind of like, oh, it's uh, it's his episode from February 27th. It's called Deconstructing Energy Balance Beyond Calories In Versus Calories Out. Very, What's very, the very name good. of his podcast? Uh, the Science of Nutrition Podcast. Okay, cool. Highly recommend that podcast. If yeah. you want to do more deep dives and debunks into nutrition, yeah, very, very solid fantastic. podcast. He's awesome. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. And he said like, you know, once your garage is full, 
then you're going to have to start storing some boxes in your house and you don't want that. And that's kind of like saying like, if you have excess body fat and you have more energy circulating in your bloodstream for prolonged periods of time. um, Yeah. I mean, you might run the risk of prediabetes or diabetes and that's not what you want. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thanks to wrap up this podcast and just reiterate, I feel like I've said it so many times, but I just want to make sure that everyone's clear that my intention is to say is both of our intentions is not to say that you're not working hard enough. It's not to say that, um, yeah, I just want, I don't want to think that you're not working hard enough. What we're trying to, what we're trying to do this entire podcast is empower you and say, Hey, I know you've been told for so long that you can damage your metabolism. You can get older and your metabolism slows down. You can have the diseases and you can't lose weight. It's not gonna happen for you. We're trying to tell you, yes, those things can make stuff harder, but it's not impossible. And no, at the end of the day, it comes down to being in a calorie deficit. And there are things, whether it's, you know, in your control, you could argue outside of your control with Hashimoto's or the other autoimmune diseases and stuff like that. But there are things that you can do to help solve the problems. And so I think when you think it, let's let, again, I always like to play devil's advocate in my brain of like, okay, let's just say your, your metabolism is damaged. Now what? Like you complaining about it doesn't solve the problem. So let's stop complaining about it and let's, let's move forward. I I had a friend in high school one time and this, this kind of changed my thought process going out. And again, this is not to be mean. It's just for you to think through things. I was complaining about a situation with someone to a friend and she was like, so what are you going to do about it? And I was like, uh, I I mean, nothing. I don't plan to do anything about it. She goes, well, if you're not going to do anything about it, then you need to stop complaining. (laughs) Yeah. And at is that she moment, still your friend? That's a lifelong yes, friend to yes, call you is, out, is, call yes. you out like that. That's a lifelong yes. friend. And she didn't say that meanly. Homie. And at the time that hit me, not hard because again, I knew her good intentions, but I'm like, you're right. Like if I'm not going to do anything about it, I need to accept the situation that I'm in. Yeah. And so if you are in your, you know, forties, fifties, and you feel like your metabolism slowed down or whatever you, whatever it is, it's like, okay, that's your reality. Either you need to accept that or you need to go on the quest to be like, okay, why is my metabolism slowed down? And then you learn, okay, it hasn't. Oh my gosh, it's in my control. Oh my gosh, it's my lifestyle. So it's like, we can sit there all day and complain, but at the end of the day, you got two options when you complain. You either need to accept it so that way you stop being in that negative headspace and make mm-hmm. it into a positive or figure out how to change that. And yeah. so again, this is not me saying this to be mean. Please know I say this with all the love in my heart, but if you have things that you're com- that you are constantly complaining about and wanting to change, it's okay that you complain. It's okay you're upset. You're human. But let's every time we complain about it, say, how can I problem solve this and change this? Yep. And make that Agreed. going forward. If you're having a problem with going to the gym consistently, instead of, oh my gosh, I'm so busy. Why me? What about my weekends? Could I start going on the weekends? How, what if Can I went I schedule in the morning? It out. Yeah. What if I, you know, went in the evening? What if I went at my lunch hour? Or you know what? I work 80 hour weeks as a lawyer. I don't have weekends. I don't have mornings. I need okay. Then we need to accept that you're trading off being able to work out and building a healthier lifestyle for your job. Yeah. You know, so you just have to have those tough conversations with yourself and just be honest. And again, I'm going to say one more time because someone, I don't want to take this the wrong way. I say all of this, I, I am a kick in the ass, but a warm hug all at the same time right now. So. Yep. Agreed. Cool. I'm a little Anything more else? of a kick in the ass, still a warm hug, but a little more kick in the ass. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, we can, we can, modify, we, 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 can we gotta, yeah, we, we gotta. Yeah. I can give a little less hug, a little more kick, you know? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Anything else you want to add? I feel like that's a good wrap up spot. No, I really think we, I, I think you especially nailed it. Um, Thank you. And I hope people 
really appreciate the the deep dive that you did on this. And uh, I think I think this is one of our best episodes yet, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. And if you know, if you listen to this, you're like, okay, well, my situation is the chronic diet or the menopause or the Hashimoto's or whatever. Shoot us a DM. We would love to talk oh, yeah. you through and, and help you figure things out. I want to yeah. problem solve with you. I don't want you to be stuck. So let's sure. let's talk these things out. So just shoot sure. us a DM if you have any yep. questions on this podcast. Yep. And so. uh, leave a leave a five star review. Yeah. Um, do that, share it, you know, tag us. If, Screen, you, do share if you listen it. to this podcast, screenshot it, post it to your stories, tag us. We'd love to reshare it again. Anytime you guys share our podcast, it just helps us out. It's a yep. free way to tell us that we're going to do a good job and to support us. So it's a virtual high five to us. And exactly. We really appreciate it. Cool. Awesome. Well, I guess we'll say goodbye here and we will see you guys in the next episode. All right. See you guys. Bye.